You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes and even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will thrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello and welcome to the GFR show. This is Lisa Cherney. I am your host and I have a number to float by you, 858,000. Now imagine that was debt. (laughs) I mean, when I saw that number on Michelle's bio, I thought I just like, I could feel the constriction in my body and just like the drowning feeling that I feel like I would have Uh, money and debt and fears around that has been a, uh, a key gateway for me, for my spiritual and personal transformation, particularly of late. It is the airing of this episode is beginning of October in 2020, which was a, a year of triggering financial insecurity for me, which I have feel like I've made some great strides in. And, and so I, it felt so and feels so crappy at the time when we're like, I thought I handled this. Anybody else feeling that way? Where you have like things that are coming up uh, that you thought you handled and they're being uh, brought to the surface for a new level of healing. (laughs) So when I read that $858,000 in debt from a failed infomercial, I really can't wait to hear how anybody can move past that. And I met Michelle Humphrey at a conference and she is super upbeat and friendly and has this great smile. And I immediately was like, you cannot be this happy. Like this, you know, you're one of those people you were just like, you're not really for real. But I gave her a chance because um, a dear mutual friend of mine, Tiamo DiVittori, who is the singer-songwriter who does our opening J-U-I-C-Y song, he introduced us. And uh, I love him like a brother. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this chick a chance. And she is such a delight. And she shares about this journey with such perspective And I'm just, you know, I'm wondering, I'm going to ask you, have you ever felt like you've missed some red flags? You know, so you have like a shit show of something happen and then you look back and you're like, yep, I kind of, there was some red flags that I ignored. I completely relate to that. I recently hired a vendor to do some mailing for me and they they came recommended. And so there were some red flags in the beginning around our communication and some other things. And I ignored them because they were recommended. 
And so I have, I am telling the universe, I've learned that lesson. <laughs> I am not ignoring red flags anymore. And I'm not going to over, I'm not going to over ride my intuition red flags for any reason, whether they were recommended or not. And so I think you'll hear in Michelle's story that she had a similar journey where uh, she made some investments to prepare for this infomercial and also ignored some red flags. And, you know, as often is here on the GFR show, this wormhole birthed a whole new level of trust and trust of her guidance, trust of God in whatever, you know, your belief system is, spirit, source, divine, higher self. You know, she says God, I believe in the show. And now it's a central piece of what she does for her business. So she's known as the business miracle worker. <laughs> I think that's really great. And she is a leading authority, I would say, on business growth and development, really for the conscious business owner that kind of like, gets that there, you know, is other forces at work. <laughs> and she helps businesses find solutions to double or even 10x their income and doesn't do it purely from strategy, really looks to see where people are getting in their own way. And she, you know, we talk about walking your talk here, which really means you know, really utilizing on a day-to-day -day basis the things that you teach others. And she really does that. She is the real deal. One of the things that she talked about was allowing God's point of view to enter and locking on to the outcome and enjoying the ride. And I just really love that. And she is able to like give, she was able to give herself a reset so it really reminds me of GFR commandment number 11, which is embrace that you're not the same person you were when you made those mistakes and they will not repeat. And she has totally number 11 it. <laughs> and, and, and that's a good lesson for all of us. I think now more than ever, if we get triggered into feeling like we're acting from an old part of ourselves, or we feel, you know, we're kind of nervous we're, we have a, a low-level nervousness because of what's happening in the world. It makes it even more important to know that we are not that same freaking person that we were. I mean, we're not the same people. Nobody is the same person they were six months ago. It's like a global pattern interrupt. And even more so, if you're listening to my show, I know that you are open to your personal and business and spiritual evolution. And I can tell you, you're not the same person. So Let's all take this episode and enjoy it. And as a great example of really giving ourselves the chance to become the new person and leave behind the parts of us that did not serve us and, and know that we got the great lessons and we're going to bring them into whatever we do in the future. So have fun. Enjoy my conversation with Michelle Humphrey. Michelle Humphrey, welcome to the GFR show. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you. <laughs> excited to be here. Thank you. You know, the hardest part was shutting us up so that we could start recording. <laughs> so y'all, Michelle has an awesome podcast. I probably mentioned it in the intro that I was on a few weeks ago and talk about divine timing. COVID uh, kept interrupting our schedule. <laughs> and so that was super fun. It's a really great podcast. It's called Miracles, Miracles and Money. Is that what it's called? Money and Miracles? Miracles and Millions. Miracles and Millions. Millions. And it's an awesome conversation. And I, I encourage you to check it out. And I love to 
talk about miracles in a way that has people feel like they don't really need to be these big audacious things, right? I think even by calling something a miracle, it's sort of saying that it's a fluke. And so what I love about Michelle is like, she just sort of like lives and swims in miracles on a day-to-day basis. And so you're going to get that from this conversation. And we're going to talk, of course, about really dark night struggle stuff that has birthed this beautiful being (laughs) that holds this beautiful space for miracles that is Michelle Humphrey. So welcome to the show. Woohoo! Yes, let's totally emphasize to everyone, miracles are not sized and they're a daily occurrence. Let's so size say, does not matter for miracles. Size does, in the, well, in this case, now you're not with everything, but not with miracles. Size does not matter. And the simplest definition is just a shift of perception, right? The, something that maybe you were looking at that was hard or difficult or impossible, but then you see it through different eyes, that can create a miracle. So lots of different ways to create miracles, experience miracles, and ah, enjoy. So Yes. And you know, if you, if you would meet every, so my, my audience knows I'm just sort of like this straight shooter and I like call everything out. Right. So, so when I first, I met Michelle, we have a mutual, really good mutual friend, Tiamo Diofitori, who is the singer and songwriter of our opening show music. So if you like that J-U-I-C-Y song, that is Tiamo Diofitori. That is our, that is how we, we met through, we met at an event, but it was Tiamo kind of saying, you people are awesome. You need to meet. That's right. And that was like enough for us. We were like, okay, yes, we will, we will do that. And so when you, when I met Michelle, I felt her energy and connected in with her perspective around the work that she does. It's easy for me. It was easy to judge you and be like, oh, well, like you kind of make this all look easy or sound easy. And it's, it's not so easy. And you know, like, you know, it's like when we keep saying we, but I'm just going to try to speak from I, it's like when I, sometimes when I meet people that are like, oh, I'm a joy expert and they're all like bubbly and joyful, I want to vomit. Like, I'm just like, no, I, I don't, I, I actually don't feel your credibility because I have created a story that you're just joyful and you've never like had hardship or whatever. And I'm, you know, the GFR wormhole or dark night credential to me, it weighs more heavily than any training or anything that anyone's have. So, so Michelle, I want to fully qualify you as a miracle expert to our audience by revealing (laughs) your sordid past and your well-earned expertise. Are you game? I am very game. We can go into the dark, ugly craziness of my past that caused me to, out of desperation, have to see life differently because Actually, what you and I really didn't talk about, the, the darkest night of my soul was I was pretty convinced I wanted to leave this planet. And I was just looking for how I was going to do it, <laughs> right? Like it got that bad, that desperate, so no miracle-minded <laughs> energy in me at all. And it was really out of that desperation of, I just wanted to take my life. It, it just felt like my life was a total screw up. Like I was, I was in my thirties already. And, you know, I had been through a divorce. I had been through crazy health problems. I had been through um, disasters with money. Right. And I was just like, I'm done. Like I am just done with life. And really the moment that saved my life was I had gone to see a therapist. She, she was lovely and called me clinically depressed and put me on Prozac. And I was like, I remember leaving there going, 
I don't think that is really helping me right now. <laughs> like I didn't need the, oh, there's a label for what you have going on on top of what I had going on. And I went home after a few days of, of taking this and just really starting to get freaked out that I now need drugs to feel good. Great job, Michelle. <laughs> like what, what else? And I was crying so hard, painful soul crying. And I, I couldn't cry anymore. And the, the moment that I thank God for is I asked a decent question. And the question was, what do you want? Right? Because I think if I said like any bad, like, okay, what are you really going to do to take your life? In that moment, I would have found like whatever it was going to be and I would have done it. But it was, you know, a little bit of personal development. Thank God for Tony Robbins had you know, many years ago, it's like, what do you want? Just always ask, what do you want? You know, think and grow rich. What's that burning desire? And I just said, if I could just lay my head down on that pillow and fall asleep in peace. And I thought, peace? What the heck is peace? Right? Like, I mean, I'd never said that word my entire life. I didn't know what peace was. And I thought it's a lack of war, like peace times versus war times. That's the only thing I knew. But I must have fallen asleep thinking about peace. And I woke up and there was something that for the first time in my life, Lisa, where you're talking about this, you know, get fucking real, there was something inside deep in me that said, you want peace. And then it was, how do you get to peace? Like, what the heck is what peace? What the fuck is peace? What? Yeah, like seriously, I had no idea. And this is before really the internet. This is back in 1999. And I'm going, I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble. I'm going to find a book on peace. Like that was my only thought. And that was a Thursday. I had to go to work. Seriously, Saturday morning, I have this really dear friend, it turned out to be the, the best man at our wedding many years later, but he gave me this book called Effortless Prosperity. And my gut reaction was, those two words don't go together, effortless and prosperity. Like, are you kidding me? But in the end, it turned out this book was about getting to peace. And that literally, this cry for peace, and then literally not even 48 hours later, someone giving me a book when you really get to the heart of what the book is about was peace. And I just had this, oh my gosh, like I, I've got to do this book. And it was the book and the lessons and opening up. And it's really based on like a course of miracles. Yes. I know is, Course of Miracles. Yeah. Right. So many <laughs> people do. And Bijan. Marianne not, Williamson was my, oh my gosh. yeah, her book that is based okay. on Course in Miracles. Is it Return, Return to, to Love? love. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. Right. So she's super influenced me too. Um, I think the Course in Miracles concerned me because it's so extensive and it was a little overwhelming. Y'all, it's like, looks like a freaking Bible that the pages are so thin. Like, you can oh, see like through I them. I just need a simple solution. Like I am the... <laughs> Just, just give me the golden nuggets here, right? And that's what this book, Effortless Prosperity, is. And Bijan, who is instructor, I guess they're called, at the Course Miracles for nine years, he knew it inside out and basically made like a Cliff Notes version of the Course of Miracles. So he's all on miracles, all, all about miracles. And so it, it was that. And then a few months later, literally meeting him and then hiring him as a coach, a mentor back in 2000, that that really put me on a, a completely different path than, you know, my childhood and the path that I was on. I love that. Thanks for sharing that story. So we, we have a, a few things in common, you and I, that we haven't touched on yet because peace was my wish for so long. Inner peace is what I called it. Inner peace. Yeah, of course. Because what I, I didn't really know exactly what I meant by it, but 
I just knew that, well, all those other things that I think I want, I know that if I was peaceful, I wouldn't care so much about those things. Like that, that's what I, as much, that was as much clarity as I had about what does inner peace mean to me. It means that I don't need to worry about having the perfect body or the body that I think I need to have. I don't need to worry about having a certain amount of money. You know, I don't need to worry about my business having a certain level. I don't need to, I won't, I won't care because I'll have inner peace. And so with it, my, my, my thought was with inner peace, those things, you know, don't matter. And so I think I was onto something with that. And, you know, I, I talk about for years, that was my birthday wish, right? You know, whereas that was the wish when you throw stuff in the fountain and like, whenever there was a possibility to make a wish, it was for yeah. inner peace. And so, and I, I really appreciate Thank you for sharing right off the bat. And I think this is the lowest of lows that we could get to is not wanting to be here anymore because something I have learned from the show that I actually wasn't as connected to before because it is not something that people talk about is how common it is. How common it yeah. is for that, for, for us, to, for people to have those thoughts. So whatever you want to say about that. I didn't know that. And it's like, I know a lot. <laughs> And now, you know, it felt like, I, you know, like Oprah used to say, like, you know, that she had like a PhD in all these topics because she had all these people on her show, you know. And so now after a year of doing the GFR show, like, I know that now, like, and I know a lot more other things because people confess everything to me now, which I'm so honored and, and privileged and, and all, you know, feel a lot of privilege around that. So thank you for starting us out there because... I, it is super common and let's talk about it. Let's GFR about how common it is to, to get to that place. And that obviously from all the people that on my show, it went up from there because <laughs> they're still here, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, and this is my 20th year of coaching. And I think a large part me of too. it got me. In oh, really? No, the 1999 is actually my number two. That's when I quit my corporate job or that's when I got laid off for the third time in two years and decided I wasn't going to go back for another job it was 1999. Well, and it, you know, when we're, I'm 53, right? So there we're old enough that, I mean, if you go back, I mean, it was like, Y2K, are we going to be here? Right? Like it was such introspection of what's going on. And 1999 was so difficult for me in so many ways that it was like, if I'm going to be here, it's got to be better. <laughs> you right. know? And what is that? And it was just like, I knew I had to get out of corporate America. So, you know, we talk about another get real. It took me about another year actually to get out of corporate America. I left my corporate job in 2001, right? But it was that 2000, like, okay, like the 2000s cannot be like the nineties for me. <laughs> you know, it was really asking great questions, you know, what's most important to me. And I really started to understand making a difference in other people's lives. And what I was doing in corporate America, just wasn't moving the needle, right? Like I felt like a pencil pusher, even, I mean, I was a manager and stuff, but it was this, this isn't feeding my soul. I was dying in corporate yeah. America. I was in a cubicle with unnatural lighting. And, you know, I, I used to work for, you know, AT&T. Me I, too. Was, I, what? <laughs> oh my God. I was a corporate business manager in the wireless department. And I used to handle like some of their major accounts. So uh, I had my, credential. What? You my for first AT job was at AT&T headquarters in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, when uh, I was an undergrad. I, you were in New Jersey. I was in Paramus. <laughs> oh my God. 
all right, now I got like little. I know, bumpy. I know. Yeah, this, this is just is getting great. even more interesting. Yeah, t- AT and T, AT and T, and in fact. When I was still an undergrad, uh, which I went to college in New Jersey, and when I was an undergrad, I got an internship, um, what they called a management internship with AT&T. And in the summer of my, gosh, was it freshman or sophomore year, I went into their management internship program. I did that for three summers. And when I graduated, they just hired me. And that was my first, my first job. And I, when I started that job, I had three years corporate experience under my belt because of that. And oh. that, so, I, so I left corporate quicker is my point because I had more corporate experience in, you know, than anybody my age when I left at 29. I had already been in corporate for 10 years. So um, yeah. So I was there for 11 and left at like 32. That's a start because it's almost the same time frame, right? Like 29 to 32. That is crazy. And we'll, we'll have to figure this out because I want to know where you went to school. I went to college in New Jersey. So I, I had no idea you're an East Coast girl. So we'll, we'll, we'll carry that more on offline, but that's wild. It's so easy to feel separate from people. You know, it's so easy to feel like, you know, like I admitted that I created this whole story, like about you when I met you, cause you were just so bubbly and so in miracles and positive. And I'm like, you know, has she seen it? You know, where did, you know, did she just pop out that way? You know, and we, and that is what we, we look at somebody who is, or like who they are today and we create a story of separation Right. And of course, this, you know, we're talking at the time of this interview is the anti-racism movement is bubbling up and bubbling over with awesome changes and conversation. And and so it's so relevant to that, too, about meeting somebody and feeling separate from them for whatever reason on the external, you know, or for whatever you might you might you know, jump to conclusion. And so just seeing we have this New Jersey thing and this AT&T thing, and, and you just don't know until you really connect with people, you know, how similar you are to them and how much you can learn from them. You know, like I am so excited to have this conversation today because I want to learn from you. <laughs> One of the things in your story, I'm just going to jump to this, y'all, because I do want to talk more about your divorce because I think that was really important. But when I got Michelle's information to do the show today, you're not, th- this number jumped up out of the paper. It was $858,000 was this number that jumped out from, you know, to me from the information she had submitted to me. Like I have, I have all these questions that I ask um, my show guests. And I want you all to know that that number is a debt number. And when I saw $858,000 in debt, I just, I have to say, like, I, I think I would seriously, honestly get to a place of feeling suicidal. And I'm not, it would be an easy joke to make, but I'm actually not making, that's how heavy and awful and dark and insurmountable. And it just feels like, it feels like a cancer sentence. Like it feels, it just feels, I'm trying to just convey like how awful that feels to me. Because yeah. money, and I know it's because money is one of my, you know, core, core wounded, whatever the fuck you want to, you know, say about, yeah, yeah. about why that's such a big thing for me. So can you please talk to us? You know what? And I got to tell you, this is, okay, so it does go back to 2002. So it's like 18 years ago, but it was that what you said and worse for me because okay. like, I, I didn't grow up with money. I was very good at squirreling money. So by the time I was like in college, I had already saved on top of paying for my own college. 
I think by the time I came out of college, you know, maybe I had like another 10 or 15,000, which for a college student was a lot of money. That's like, a I, lot I, of money. I, yeah. I appreciate that. But right. Like, and I was the girl that was, you know, saving my money, doing really good. Right. Like I, you know, almost bought a house in my twenties, but I'm like, wow. no, let's just keep saving the money. Let's, you know, right. So I had kind of accumulated already like over a hundred thousand dollars into my thirties, which, you know, good girl, you know, she, she's a saver. She does really good with money. Right. And then when this whole kind of, you know, it was an infomercial and it was after nine 11 and, you know, you see how like these world events can so influence your life. And I had already been on the path of peace, right. That's what really changed my life in 2000. And so I'm all about like, Hey, and there's a whole story of what happened, but bottom line, I didn't go to Nordstrom's and you know, create this debt. It was a business that I was really thinking we're going to help change the world, bring peace, this message of peace to the world. We were out there, we were playing big. And Lisa, you know, in the beginning, it was this, I had so much energy. There was nights I was sleeping three or four hours and feeling like I had more energy than God to get things going and get things moving. And when the short of it is the infomercial bombed and it bombed in like a gigantic way, right? You know, we're thinking we're going to sell millions. We bottom line, we sold 11 products, right? Oh like 11, God. like 11, you know, so when we're getting all the reports back and, you know, the reps going through oh and I'm like, God. oh my God, did we, you know, cause I saw this 11 number and I was like, oh my God, we sold 1100 products. And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, like 11, like, like what is 11? And he goes, well, he, and he kept saying, well, it's 11. I'm like, like the number after 10, like that 11 <laughs> process, this is what it was. And so when I tell you this thing, Bond, we didn't even make a thousand dollars. And by the time everything was said and done, we had put in, you know, like I said, 858, we probably wound up selling five, $6,000 worth of, it, but we kept trying to retweak it and retool it. And it was like, all I could say was I wasn't a mother back then, but I felt like I had given birth to a dead baby, right? Like I was so devastated and the shame and the, like, how could this happen? And then I sunk into such a depression that I, I felt like I was non-functioning. And then bill collectors were calling because nothing was happening. And if, if we want to make matters worse, the truth is this happened two months before my dream wedding to my dream guy. And it, it, like attempting to put a wedding together with like a bleeding heart and thank God most of the wedding was paid for. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to get married. And we, I had money in the bank. I had about $150,000 in the bank. I had like perfect credit. So I just kept thinking somehow this is going to turn around. Like we're going to, you know, revise the infomercial. It's going to turn around. So nine months later, when I had blown through all of my savings, I had racked up my credit card. So like we had nothing. Like literally bill collectors were calling I, I was literally pulling like chunks of hair out. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And if you see, if you see Michelle's hair, it's this beautiful brown, <laughs> like gorgeous hair that she keeps putting her freshly manicured nails in, which I'm jealous. I haven't got my nails done in however long through her hair. So chunks it's, of it's hair like that I can't even imagine. I, I was literally going crazy. I'm not exaggerating there was so much emotional pain that, and I was shaking. And when I, I tell you, I was pulling out chunks of hair and hurting myself, but then it was this, I'm looking at chunks going, I think I have a problem, but I couldn't stop 
the emotion. I couldn't stop the freak outness that I was feeling. So what you think you would feel, I did it all for you. <laughs> you trust me, I, I did it all. And then some, and I don't know how, other than the grace of God, somehow I got through the days because I wasn't sleeping and, you know, to not have days and weeks on end where you just, you can't even sleep. I was, I was beyond flipped out. But again, same, thank God, I am a, a God loving woman and faith filled because I went to God and I literally was, you know, I was so mad actually. I was like, so this is wait, can I, I want to pause you because I want to make sure I get the chronology right. So the book effortless prosperity. So this, this is after you found that, right? Totally. And, and, and before your, and then after your divorce. Yes. Okay. So yes. you found the book, you after the divorce, that was a low, right? And, and you almost, you know, or thinking about not wanting to be here. I don't know. However, people all classify their su- suicidal. Yeah. So, episode so differently. It was 99, right? Okay. okay great. So, so about, great, like, and all of a sudden it's like, I get this book, the end of 99. Yeah. I meet the mentor. We're in a new year. I'm like fresh, new energy. My life is yeah. going to Great. I'm like healing. I leave corporate America. I double my income. I'm believing in miracles. I'm believing in, oh my gosh, like, you know, the beauty. That's the energy you're in when you started the, the infomercial right, thing. The and then 9-11 happened. Do you remember 9-11? And I lived in New York. I was oh radically affected energetically wow. by 9-11. But I also was literally, you know, personal development. I was at a Tony Robbins seminar in Hawaii during the exact day of 9-11. I was there. I was a trainer on the team, right? And I saw like basically world peace happening, right? It, It was like one of the most profound experiences of my entire life. And so, you know, me being kind of like a little mini Tony Robbins back then, it was I've got to do something on a major scale to change the world, to bring more peace, because that was, that's who I was at that point, right? It changed my life. I got to peace. I stopped all these inner battle energies that I had going on. I had money. I was committed to playing big, right? Like kind of big, play big or go home type yes. of thing. So after 9-11, I mean, I was working around the clock attempting to get an infomercial. It took us about six months. So March of 2002, we air this infomercial that's all about peace, thinking like the world needs peace right now because 9-11 just happened, right? And it bombed. Like the world was not ready for peace, right? The world was <laughs> just like, I th- and I think it was looking back, I think it was way too positive. It wasn't connecting like to where people were still in the fear and the unrest. And it was miracles, 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 right? Like, which the tone was, I look back, I'm like, what planet were we on? Why didn't I have like- You were on the miracle planet. I was on the miracle planet because it was like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And I I think it was just not there. So, and then we just tempted to rework it, retweak it. But I mean, TV can get very expensive and every retweak was 20, 30, $50,000. And money, I was bleeding money. And I took out another loan in you know, my name just to make it work. Cause I'm like, God gave me this vision. It's gotta be real, right? You know, but there was so much I wasn't in tune with. So I just want you all to know that Michelle walks her talk and where she is now, like we're like, I get to see and know her now. And I see, I know the space that she, she coaches from and that she's talking about miracles, but she also, but, and she also, lives it in terms of the way that she, and cause so this is, you know, my 
my way of operating is really from a place of, I would call it back then peace. I call it surrender now. I, I make, you know, I am as tuned in as I possibly can to what I'm supposed to be doing in any given moment from when I should be eating to exert, when's the workout happening to, you know, what's my kid doing for the summer plans, like to really in a surrender, which for me is very connected to miracles because I need to keep changing my perception all along the way to make sure that I'm not stressed out. And so what I, I would love for you to huh, go back to the, the whole infomercial thing and, and point out the things that you did then that, that you now see were like, I was so not walking my talk then, like I do now. Like, so we can, cause I, I, when you tell the story about, you know, right, like you, you were so on it, like you felt like you were so on purpose. And I feel like there's many of us that do, and then we're worried that we're going to fail, right? Like, like, so like you basically lived our worst nightmare. So now if we stopped here, I could take away, oh, then I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm not going to take that leap. And I know that's for sure not where we want, you know, people to be yes. left. Yes. And you know, the reason I think I've become such a, an excellent coach is I, I, I like the way you phrase it. I've lived your worst nightmare, <laughs> right? And people are like, oh my God, and you survived. But here's the distinction. The, the biggest thing that I can take, you know, to communicate with people, I I had the vision of the infomercial, right? And I knew it. And I put like blinders on to like, that's the outcome. That's where I'm going. Don't kind of disturb me. And when I was getting feedback from others, like, why don't you do a smaller test run? How, why don't we do some market research? Why don't we do this? And it was just this, like, I, I had such almost like the urgency, like, no, like this is going to work. This is like whatever. And I didn't listen, right? which I think could have saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And there was just a, a few wrong assumptions with, I, I thought I had hired the guy who put together Tony Robbins infomercial, and it turned out he put together Tony Robbins events, which were very different products, you know, like it, it was a big thing. But here's the difference of what I do now. And Lisa and you and I were having this little mini conversation of, I, I take it all in. I listened to everyone's point of view now, right? now. now, now in my world today, and maybe it resonates with me and maybe it doesn't. But often what I find is it's not a black and white, all or nothing. It's a part of what they're saying is important for me to hear, right? It's, I can hear it. I take it all in. I don't make it good or bad or right or wrong. Cause I'm very like, I'm a quick sifter sorter person, right? Like I can almost meet a, years ago. I used to meet a person and be like, like you don't like you do like you. Okay. Boom. And like, that was it. You never even saw me again. If you got the, I don't like you thing. Right. But now it's this, let me just kind of be with everything. Let me find what they're saying and the appreciation of where is this coming from? Or like, why are you saying this? Or let me get to know you right without my judgments. Right. Because sometimes people would do that to me. Like they'd come across, you know, holier than now. And I'd be like, Whoa, let's not get to know you. But I'm so, I become so curious. Like what is making that person be that way? Or what is driving them? Or even if they're like super sad, like what, what's showing up for them? And here's what I've realized. If I can just be present and stay in love and be with them, I learn from every single person. I appreciate every single person. I'm not saying I'm going to become best friends with every single person, but there's this 
when I find the beauty and I'll call it in my language, the God in them, I love everybody. And for me, I want to love everyone and I want to hear everybody and my dog's barking, (laughs) but I want to, he's excited. (laughs) He's excited. I want to hear everybody. And here's what I'm masterful at now is taking it all in, pausing, meditating, and asking God for what is most optimal for me. Because when I go to God, when I take all the information, all the books, all the people, everything, right? And then I go to God and it's just my favorite thing to say is lead me, guide me, show me, use me, right? Mm. I, I, I get so tuned in. The way that I coach people, I'm never here giving them a cookie cutter idea. It's here's some options, right? Let, let's really tune in. Let's find what's most optimal for you, right? Even though all business clients, there's, I coach and what each one of them does is different in their own business. I want to find what is true and authentic for them. And I live by, there's that true you, that God self, if you want, that when you allow, keyword allow, that identity to guide you, to lead you, to, you know, create your world. That's when your life works. Period. Amen, sister. Amen. Every time I gave my power away to someone somehow knows what's better for me. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about the advice. advice? Train wreck. Train wreck. (laughs) Give the advice. I want to hear the advice to the old infomercial, Michelle. What, what would you, what would you have told her if you were coaching her? (laughs) Girlfriend, like slow down. You've never even done this before. There are people who are experts and not just to get one opinion, you know, because I had some people say like, well, why would he have done this? And don't you think like this way? And like, I just had this don't talk to me. I'm on a mission. Like get out of my way. Right. And you know, the younger version of me is my mother used to call me, I'm a bull in a China shop, right? (laughs) Like it's just this, I I decide on something and I do it, but here's the difference. I still decide on something. I know how to lock on and go for it, but I don't lock on with blinders. I lock on in this. I'm going to be led and guided. I'm going to be shown. There's a peacefulness. There's a faith that takes over. And a lot of people along the way have very good points of views. And I'm here to listen and ask for the right resources, the right people's, the optimal points of views to show up and I'll hear it all. And then I'll take some time to be with it and be, oh, that's like a part truth, right? Like that's a part truth. Like it's not the whole thing, but I'm so glad that they said that because that did illuminate something inside right like i'll really transparent get real moment is please i had someone recently say to me like you know the reason i didn't reach out to you is i didn't think you needed help and i'm like how would you think that like you know i mean i was so like are you kidding me like i'm i'm the first person to ask for help and but there was something inside of this person that said that to me and so as opposed to defending myself right? Because I, I have 20 references of where I ask for help. I'm a coach. I'm the first person who like go, I want to find the people who are getting the results that I want and go model it. Like I ask for help all the time, but in this person's world, he, he was not feeling that. So I said, oh my gosh, like, like I, I received that and tell me why, like what, what happened that you think that, right? And the, it opened up such a real and gorgeous conversation. And then I was 
in the end, it turned out I was pushing a button for him. And I was like, oh my gosh, so sorry. That was never the way that I meant to come across. You can tell me anything. I totally want your help. And of almost all people, like I so respect who he is, what he's about, what, what's going on. And I, we, we had this real like, oh, juicy, authentic conversation that he healed something, I healed something. And it, it's like, we're better because of it. Yeah. So he, yeah. he, to, to clarify, he said that I didn't like that he had something for you. He wanted to help you, but he didn't think that you would, would accept it. His yeah, like he, just, he didn't call me. He didn't reach out. And I had started to say, I don't know, like I was just feeling like no one's reaching out to me. No one's calling me back. Right. And it was just with this COVID. I mean, there, it's been magnified, right? Like I just was feeling alone. I was yeah. feeling disconnected. And so I was sharing that with this particular friend and he goes, you know, it's crazy. He's like, I had the thought to reach out to you, but I didn't. And I was like, why? Why? Okay. I get it now. I didn't think, you know, you needed help. And I'm like, well, and I mean, like, don't just reach out because I need help. Like, you know, where's my friend? Right. But it was, and we need to listen to our intuition when our intuition says to reach out to somebody. (laughs) Totally. And, you know, totally he took ownership of that which was beautiful but it here's the point it opened up when we can get that real it opened up a gorgeous conversation and i feel truly more connected than ever right and so here's what the takeaway is you you don't want to be an island on your own doing everything by yourself and you can't open yourself up to every suggestion every opinion you take it all in and then you stay with what resonates with you and that's the part I really want to communicate the most is when my life started working, it was, oh, take it all in, appreciate everybody, and then see, you know, take a few minutes, sleep on it sometimes, take a week to process it if you need it. But what is most optimal for you? What is the, the guidance that you're getting? And then that's the only thing I honor. And I will go on to say it's so strong inside of me now, if I feel the yes for me and the entire world tells me I'm wrong, I don't care. I don't care. Like Michelle's yes is all I need. Have I listened to everyone? Yes. Have I taken it all in? Great. Have I been with it? But but even if all the experts say this won't work, but something inside of me is like, yes, it will. Michelle will do it. How do you know the difference between that certainty and the blocking on with blinders version? Because I've, it, it, it stays in my soul, right? There's something I can sleep on that. I wake up with that and it's not going away. Whereas if I would have spent five minutes like thinking about that, it would have been like, oh yeah, that probably would have been a good idea. For sure. I feel like there's a slowing down right there like that the that the infomercial michelle was just like shut up people i'm on a mission like and and there's a (laughs) time sensitive like it has to happen now like there's a there was like an urgency you weren't in a place to slow down or wanting to slow down and what i'm hearing of the who you are today the the knowing is there and i could slow down and still feel that knowing and i could be challenged and still feel that knowing and I don't know. It, it, it feels more grounded. Um, so grounded. That's yeah. exactly it. The biggest lesson, um, there's 30 lessons in the book, Effortless Prosperity. The biggest lesson that stood out for me was pause before you react. I was so like knee jerk reaction to everything. And 
the difference is I've now become a meditator. I meditate every single day. It's somehow Me it's too. not even that great of a day if I miss a meditation, right? Because in that, in that presence of slowing down, I, I feel guided. It's not of my will. Like I, I'm someone who, you know, can muster a lot of will. Uh, there's that I'll freaking get it done. If no one else is getting it done, I will find a way. Like I've had that and, you know, I had a lot with, you know, my parents' divorce when I was seven and I was just left, right? Like they, they, they physically like left me, you know, this would have been child abuse now in days, but you know, here I am seven, eight, nine years old coming home from school at two, two thirty or whatever it was. And you know, my mother didn't get home until five. I was cooking and cleaning and letting myself in. And I was like, I, I look at my son who's nine. Yes. I'm like, I won't let him prepare a meal at nine. <laughs> you know, it's like, how the hell was I like this crazy mow the lawn, get it done. But I saw, you know, my family in emotional breakdown. You know, I rose to the challenge, if you will. So I can be so self-sufficient, which, but at times it's this, I'm not, I wasn't guided. I didn't have, you know, any guidance. And now that I have God and meditation and how do I know it's, it's, it's in my soul. I know it. I know that I know that I know there's no doubt about it. It's like, and if I'm in any type of gray zone, you know, I might sleep on it. I might ask again in meditation, right? If, if it's not feeling, if you will, you know, like round peg and round hole, like, you know, that, you know, I will not say yes. Like I will just not say yes. And I literally have unrest inside of me until I can, oh it's so here, interesting to almost hear myself say this. Like I have such like real authentic relationships with my friends that I, like I'm in unrest if there's something in our space. Like I, I like clean space because when I'm in clean space, oh my God, my life works. And if I'm like in a gray zone on something, I am not moving forward. I, I won't say yes to it. It's just not a good choice for me. And right, I'm at the point now I'm so in tune with myself. Like I know, like some people call it like your hell. Yes. When I have a freaking all of me, I know it, man, like I'm go, I'm on go. And if I'm not, I'm just like, nope, nope not a fit. And people are like, this is such a good idea. This is such a good investment. This is, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, not, not touching it, not going near it. Yeah. And when you said, you said, um, when you were talking about your past, you said, when I didn't have me, you know, where I looked for external advice, you know, I didn't have me and now I have me. And I think that like, that's what I'm, I'm hearing you say, like you have such certainty and it's, a beautiful thing to, to hear about. I know that that is a huge, 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 like qual, like it just, yes. Like I'm all about that as well. And it is not easy, you know, like people having clarity, like I'm the queen of clarity, right? Like call myself that y'all just so you know, and it was nobody, nobody dubbed me that, but it's like, I'm willing to own that. Like I feel that I have such high regard for that. And that, and, and it is, I want to say lifelong pursuit to being able to really trust your own yes. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. And it's just to really maybe add it, it's, it's a God yes for me. If I was just relying on me, I don't, I don't know if I would do it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really know if I would do that. But it's this, I have opened myself up through meditation 
I'm very, you know, like I said, God loving, faith filled. And I feel a, a warmth, a knowingness that it, it, it could be unlogical. And when I have that, I'm just a conduit to say, okay, like I, I, if I got God's approval, I'm good, right? So it, it, I, I will not say it does not feel like it, it's me, right? <laughs> like and now you have, I imagine you have a lot of evidence now in your yeah. life that supports that, you know, yeah. like, which I think at first we don't have that evidence necessarily. And we are just quote unquote, just going on faith, Yes. So how, how, what would you, so like in the final segment here, how, what would you advise or how would you advise somebody based on your, and thank you, by the way, uh, I just want to make sure I acknowledge, thank you for sharing about uh, when your parents got divorced and feeling left and, and how that helped you and how, how you got so self-sufficient and then how that became a, a, like a detriment to you later in life in terms of like that blinders and the bull in the channel shop and like, because you were in survival mode then. And I think that I'm glad you shared that because I think there's a lot of people that can relate that that have shit from their childhood that that had uh, that shut down that connection to the God knowing because it was about survival and it was about, you know, like getting through and now we need to somehow like chill out, <laughs> you know, and slow down, like you said, like pause before you react to get connected with that God. No, that God. Yes. So I, I first wanted to acknowledge that. Um, yeah. And then just to something. kind of wrap this up with a, yeah. a pretty bow, because what, you know, the moment that I, I, I think I really believed like there was something bigger than me helping me is when we were saying $858,000 in debt and that, overwhelmed. Uh, and sorry. Was, <laughs> I know she's like, but here's what happened because it was killing me. I was literally saying that this is killing me. And I was starting to have so much heart pain that I'm, I was 33 years old. I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Right? Like, I mean, it was that bad for me, but when I kind of went to God, there's a kind of a little bit longer story of it, but the short of it is I got that this was here to bless me right through a meditation. And what, like, how is this a blessing? This is killing me. And as I literally kept seeing, like, this is a blessing, this is here to serve me. And then I met somebody who was talking about, oh, you know, how he's just lost like all these millions of dollars. And, you know, you just got to like, kind of let the millions go. And it somehow my mind shifted. And that's where these miracles come from. I shifted my perception to it. This debt is a blessing. This debt isn't even a lot of money, right? Which was sounded ludicrous to me, but it wasn't a lot of money. And when I kept focusing on this is, and this was my story before it ever changed. This is going to make such a great story. This, we're going to turn this around and this is going to be like one of the best stories of my entire life. And we're going to come out of the stat, right? And I kept seeing my victory every single day and meditating on that and that it's not even a lot of money and God is opening me up to play a bigger game. And of course this had to happen because how do I make millions if I think $858,000 is a lot? And I got so shifted in my mind, so miracle-minded about that. I was excited about that. And I was like, God, how is it going to turn around? I'm really curious now. And I did not know the how, but I allowed myself to believe I was that wealthy, that prosperous, this was turning around, right? And some people who kind of knew me back then were like, girlfriend's losing her mind because <laughs> they saw how stressed I was. And now I'm going, nothing in the outer world changed, but my inner world had completely changed and did a 180. And within a matter of four and a half months from literally shifting my perception 
we attracted an investor. We sold off the company for $1. They took the debt. They took everything that following month, we went on to make over $20,000. And that next year we went on to make over $400,000. So how I allow, if you will, this, you know, I allow God's point of view to enter into me. I allow this like God's will for my life is always great. And I'm not looking for the logic anymore. I've actually, I've been doing this for so long. Like I don't want the logical solution. The logical solution, you know, is normally because you've gotten your, your little hands in there as a human, like let God do it. Let God find the solution. Even if it isn't logical, you open up your mind. So it's this I don't need to get so caught up in what's happened and why it is the way that it is or what's not working. It's this, where am I going? And that's what faith is. It's this, where am I going? What do I want to create? And then I literally allow myself to lock on to that outcome and enjoy the ride because somehow, some way the entire universe conspires to help you when you are claiming that with total faith, right? I have, and I just, I want to end on this. I have this definition of faith that is the best I've ever heard. It actually comes Okay, great. Yeah, final quote. I love it. Ernest oh. Holmes, faith, a mental attitude that is so convinced of its own idea, so completely accepts it that any contradiction is unthinkable and impossible. Read and, it again, read it again, read it again. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I actually know it off the top of my head, but faith is a mental attitude that is so convinced of its own idea. So I got so convinced this $858,000 debt was a blessing. It wasn't even a lot of money. And I was so convinced that somehow, some way, not only were we going to pay it off, we were going to have all the money to do what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it. Like that's what I locked on to. I got so convinced of that. I so completely accepted it. And just to emphasize, it took me months to align to that, months to believe it. The first time I said it, I almost choked, right? Because it was like, that is not my life. That is not real, right? But I got really convinced, like, that's why this debt had happened. Okay, so to put this all together, faith is a mental attitude. It's so convinced of its own idea. 858,000, done, easy, over. So completely accepted it that any contradiction is unthinkable and impossible. And when I got to this point, boom, like, when I really aligned to it, it was a matter of weeks where we, like I said, attracted this investor, made no logical sense. Yeah. Like who would even think of that? Like even happening? Like it didn't make sense. Like if you would have told me that would have been the solution, I'm like, that that would never be the solution that you, right? Like there was, and I did not know the how. The one thing I can share and you know, who I am as a coach is, you know, people like they want to know the how, well, how is that going to work? That's secondary. I'm not saying we don't get to house, but until we know where we're going, what we're about, what you're locking on to, right? We're not going to play with the how. I got to get you so convinced of what it is that you want to create. And that's why I'm so good at helping people to double, triple, and even 10x their incomes because in their brain, they're going impossible, doesn't happen. Look at what I've done. Years of this, years of that. And I'm like, no, right? <laughs> like we just got to get you locked on to where it is that you want to go. Believe it, right? Whatever the mind can conceive and believe it will achieve. And we, you know, we, we make magic and miracles happen millions, right? That's why I call it the, the miracle yes. million show because it's miracles. And you know what? I've opened people up to make more money than they ever thought humanly possible. So it, it kind of goes all hand in hand. So it, I love it. Fun mindset that yes. I've been through the crap that I've been through. <laughs> because if I didn't, I wouldn't have pursued this with every, you know, like 
ounce of me, right? Yes. Like I was that desperate. Jim Carrey said this, we'll end on this. He goes, you know, it, it's in these moments of desperation that you find your genius, right? Because it, it was like, I was ready to take my life. That's how bad it was. And to not only heal through that and feel like, you know, my favorite GFR or commandment thing over here is number 11, right? Like not only am I not the same person as that broken child or divorced child or divorced person and the bankrupt girl and all this stuff, it's this who made the mistakes. It's like, thank God that happened exactly the way that it did to open me up to this other world. And yeah, th there was a lot of emotional grief <laughs> along the way, but like I, when you're on the other side of it, right? And even with COVID, oh my God, right? Like heartbreaking so much of what's going on with so many people. But if we can help them to see that when you hit these lows, there's even a greater blessing on the other side. And I know right now for many, 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 it doesn't look like that. But I want to be the voice of just keep seeing where you're going. Believe that God has a great plan for your life. And you're going to look back at this and say, thank God, this was a blessing for me. Mm. Thank you so much, Michelle Humphrey. That was an awesome way to end. You know, yeah, GFR commandment number 11, uh, embrace you're not the same person you were when you made those mistakes and they will not repeat. It's such a great yeah. touchstone for, and such a, you know, great illumination of what you're talking about. And so what I, I want to invite our listeners to lock on to that outcome that they want <laughs> and enjoy the ride. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. It's been a joy to have this conversation with you. Thank you. It was great being here, honey. Well, that was super fun. And I'm super excited about the gift that Michelle has for our listeners. And so you can go to the URL in the show notes, but it's a 30-day peace and prosperity challenge. Who doesn't like want or need more of that? And it's delivered through email and like easy to digest lessons. And you go to michellehumphrey.com forward slash peace and prosperity. Again, uh, link in the show notes to take advantage of that. And if you are a member of our GFR squad, which if you're not and you've been thinking about it, now is a really good time because Michelle does a whole cool meditation thing with me that is available only to our GFR squad members called How to Get Out of Your Pea Brain <laughs> That Causes You So Much Pain. And, it, and, she, and I'm a little bit of a guinea pig in this one, as, as often is with these GFR squad after the show exclusives. So just a reminder that the GFR squad is only $20 a month or $200 for the year and includes a community connection video call with me every month where we take one of the GFR commandments and we use that confession question as a theme. We also talk about the show, favorite topics. It's a great way to connect with me more, more closely, to be in the vibe of GFR. If this resonates with you, it's a cool way to put some skin in the game. If you're like, you know what, it's time for me to get real and be around people that I could be real with and tell my truth. That's what the GFR squad is. Pretty low barrier entry, but some skin in the game to make sure that you keep that commitment to yourself. You go to gfr.life forward slash squad. And if you haven't gotten your commandments, for sure, grab those at gfr.life forward slash 12C. All right. Cannot wait to see you next time. Make sure to subscribe um, so you don't miss any of the future episodes. And I'll see you on the flip side.